It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented by FantasyPoints.com. Use the code FEAST. It is the show that's so nice, we do it twice. You already know all about that. You already listened to episode one. You know Joe at FG underscore Dolan. I'm Ross at Ross Tucker NFL. I don't even feel like messing around. I want to dive right into it because I want to start. We've got a bunch of games to get to here in episode two. Let's start with the Giants and Seahawks. Joe, I like to keep people on their toes. Usually it's about a couple minutes before we dive into it. Nope. Giants, Seahawks. Want to get your thoughts on this game. Look like they're going to have Daniel Jones this week. So without Daniel Jones, it appears Colt McCoy is going to be the starting quarterback. And now and I say appears because as we're talking right now, the Giants are practicing and Joe Judge has said that uh, Clayton Thorson is going to get some first team reps as well. That's not good news for the New York Giants. Uh, their offense was um, not very good when Colt McCoy came in and, you know, he came in cold. He's a professional quarterback. I think with a week to prepare as the starting quarterback, Colt McCoy could get a lot of production out of this. But you have Evan Ingram have his first uh, go over 100 yards in this game, and you know, most of it came with Daniel Jones, unfortunately. He had one catch for negative one yard uh, with uh, with Colt McCoy in there at quarterback. Colt McCoy did gravitate a little bit towards Golden Tate, maybe out of the slot. Maybe that's somebody who, um, who will produce a little bit more this week if Colt McCoy has to play quarterback. Um, Darius Slayton was a ghost last week. I'm not sure he's going to be somebody who's going to have a big game this week. Uh, Darius Slayton did not catch a pass last week, by the way. The one guy who I think you can keep rolling with for the New York Giants is Wayne Gallman. And I've been calling him for weeks and saying, oh, he's an RB2. His numbers suggest he's like a top seven or eight option at the at the position. The numbers say he's an RB1. I'm just a little bit concerned this entire Giant offense takes a major hit without Daniel Jones. I, hey, say what you want about Daniel Jones. They had started to get in a little bit of a groove. I'm not really sure that uh, now with Seattle's defense, by the way, starting to hit its stride a little bit. They get Carlos Dunlap. They trade for him. Jamal Adams is back. This is not the same matchup that it was early in the year when they didn't have either of those guys. Um, what about – for the uh, what about for the Seahawks? Yeah, and it's the same with the Seahawks. You play your guys every week. Um, the 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 thing about the backfield though is interesting. There was a, a point in that game on Monday night, which was a really hard game to watch because, uh, frankly, I don't think Seattle played all that well either. Where I was wondering if Chris Carson was uh, was dealing with some injuries because Carlos Hyde got a bunch of carries, but it's clear who the better running back is. Chris Carson had eight carries for forty one yards against Philadelphia. Carlos Hyde had fifteen for twenty two. I would think Chris Carson's going to get a little bit more work here. Uh, going forward uh, than, than, than uh, Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde, you could probably use him as a low-end flex, but Chris Carson's back on the RB2, maybe even RB1 radar, because I thought he looked pretty good. They clearly limited his snaps in that game, though. DK Metcalf roasted the Eagles last week. The Eagle, Howie Roseman is going to be paying for that pick for a long time. Might pay 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 with uh, pay for his job, uh, pay uh, 
pay for it with his job. Um, but DK Metcalf has a tough matchup this week against James Bradbury. I don't anticipate he's going to go for 10 for 177 the way he did last week, even though he cooked up Darius Slay in that game. Um, but it is a tougher matchup. Tyler Lockett, I think this is probably a little bit of a better matchup for him against the New York Giants than it is for DK Metcalf. But the Seahawks are a team. You're just playing all those guys and playing Russell Wilson anyway. Whether or not it's a good matchup or not for DK, for DK Metcalf, you just have to play him every week. Next up, it's the Rams and Cardinals. Two teams tough losses. The total on this game is 48 and a half over at DraftKings. I don't have a great feel for this one. This is our DraftKings spotlight game. So I want to get your thoughts on the fantasy guys for both teams, for both season long DFS over at DraftKings. The Rams drive me nuts, Ross. That's why I grunted there because Jared Goff pisses me off for fantasy. I mean, it is just night and day with this guy. Whether If you pressure him, uh, he's going to look terrible. If you do not pressure him, he is going to carve you up. And last week he got pressured and he looked terrible. I don't, I just don't understand how this happens. I really don't understand how. Cooper Cup caught like eight passes on the opening drive two weeks ago. And then he comes out and then he catches two passes for 41 yards. Jared Goff, two interceptions, no touchdowns, 198 yards against San Francisco. The question is, can Arizona pressure him the way that San Francisco did? And I would have doubts about that. I really would. Um, I would think uh, – but the one thing I can say about the Rams is at least they've started to get the ball in Robert Woods' hands more. You play him each and every week. Um, uh, this is uh, – I mean, it's just frustrating what, what what goes on with Jared Goff. So I think Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, you just have to play them. But I think the, the story everybody is going to be talking about is, did they finally cede control in the backfield to Cam Akers? And maybe. I mean, Daryl Henderson had 10 carries for 19 yards. Cam Akers had 9 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Cam Akers has been producing with a much higher success rate the last number of weeks than Daryl Henderson. Malcolm Brown is just kind of part of the rotation here. If I'm the Rams, I am giving more snaps in that backfield to Cam Akers. If I'm playing a back here as a flex, it is going to be Cam Akers against the Arizona Cardinals. But that passing game for the Rams is so damn frustrating because Jared Goff, it's Jekyll and Hyde. If he gets pressured early, he is going to be terrible in the game. If he gets, if he's clean early, he's going to carve you up. Cardinals? I wonder how much Kyler Murray's shoulder is affecting him. Um, he did not look good against New England, not pressing the ball down the field. Um, ran just five times for 31 yards. I'm, I mean, if you survived last week in a must-win situation with Kyler, who's been carrying your team, I mean, congratulations. I'm still of the mind that um, you – I'm waiting for this breakout game from Christian Kirk. And I think Kyler's injury is a problem with that because now you would anticipate that Jalen Ramsey, who has been selectively shadowing more in recent weeks than he was in early weeks, is going to match up on DeAndre Hopkins here. So you would hope this is a big game for Christian Kirk. But with Kyler Murray dinged up, they have been giving the ball to Kenyon Drake, and he has been coming through. He scores two touchdowns. And, oh, a bonus, we thought early in the season when we were drafting Kenyon Drake in the second round, he was going to catch passes all year. Well, he caught three this past week after being – kind of held down in that department for a lot of the season. But I would anticipate that the, the Cardinals are going to continue to give the ball to Kenyon Drake with Kyler Murray dinged up. I'm not telling you you sit Kyler Murray. I'm not telling you you sit DeAndre Hopkins. But the matchup isn't great for those guys. And Christian Kirk, I know it's been quiet, and I think the injury might have something to do with that. But I wouldn't anticipate he has the better matchup of the two receivers here. 
Let's get to New England and the Chargers. And I guess the question there for the Chargers is, who is New England going to try to take away? My guess is it's Keenan Allen. Maybe a big Austin Eckler day. I picture two deep safeties from the uh, Patriots so they don't get beat over the top. Big Austin Eckler day, I'm calling it. Yeah, I, and I think that I think that's completely viable. I mean, Ross, he comes back, he plays 73% of the snaps, and he gets 16 targets. And even though Justin Herbert's the kind of quarterback who wants to push the ball down the field, Austin Eckler is a great receiver. 16 targets in his first game back, that's a big good sign for Austin Eckler, I think. I, and I think you're right. I think Bill Belichick will say, hey, we'll let him catch those short passes. We just want to prevent Keenan Allen from going over the top. My question is, does Stephon Gilmore match up to Keenan Allen a bunch? Does he take out Mike Williams? I'm I'm still not thinking it's a great matchup for Mike Williams. And the problem I have here, you know, he, he had some of the Tredavious White uh, coverage last week. Um, uh, does Stephon Gilmore, when he's outside, match up to Mike Williams? The three guys who got double-digit targets from Justin Herbert last week, three of them did, by the way. Eckler had 16 targets, but Hunter Henry had 10 and Keenan Allen had 10. Those are three guys who have to be in your lineup right now. And I understand New England's typically been a tougher matchup. I don't. You can't bench Justin Herbert. I mean, the guy just puts up numbers each and every week. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. What about the Patriots when they're on offense? Um, I was really disappointed by how Josh Allen played last week against this Charger defense. I thought he was going to have a big day. And Cam Newton at this point, I mean, I, I mean. 9-18 for 84 yards, two picks, couldn't throw the ball. He ran the ball, took a cheap shot at the end of the game. I, I, I If you think it was a cheap shot by Isaiah Simmons, I, I hate this offense. Uh, Sony Michelle was active, but he didn't get any touches. It's a Damian Harris and James White show in the backfield. But here's the thing with White. He gets five carries for 18 yards, and he scores twice. So he comes through for fantasy. The problem is he gets one target, and he only catches it for a negative one yards. He, ca- he caught it for a loss. So what are we doing here with New England um, against this Charger defense? I think Cam is is a low-end streamer. Um, you just hope he runs the ball uh, well. Jacoby Myers, five catches for 52 yards. He can be back uh, in your lineup as a wide receiver three. I still think he's Cam's preferred guy. Keep an eye on the status of Julian Edelman. He might be coming off of IR. But I think you have two flex plays in the backfield, and Damian Harris and James White. Cam is a low-end streaming viable quarterback. And I think you have Jacoby Myers as a wide receiver three here. But it's just a really bad offense. And uh, it's it's hard to watch each and every – because Cam is still capable of having those big blow-up games. But, at, but you're also risking a terrible, terrible, terrible outing from him each and every week. What about uh, the Eagles and the Packers? Eagles, I know you wrote about it this week, Joe. Uh, It's really sad to watch. Carson Wentz is broken, and uh, they're a tough watch. I don't even know what to say about them fantasy-wise. And and they're back off the IR now, so that might cut into Goddard. I I mean, here – I don't – the Eagles – Jeffrey Lurie is one of the best owners in professional sports. He has got to get some answers here because – First and foremost, I, you can read my 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 art. It's free for everybody up at fantasypoints.com. I mostly I think the Eagles need to move on from Howie Roseman, who's built this old decrepit organization that seems to have no collaborativeness after uh, after collaboration was everything that led to their Super Bowl championship just a, three years ago. Um, but I, I mean, I y- y- he, the Jalen Hurts thing illustrates everything here, and I'm not trying to absolve anybody of blame here. 
Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, you know, like everybody's like, well, if you, if you, if you think the play calling's an issue or the roster building's an issue, you're absolving Carson Wentz of a terrible season. No, you're not. You're just trying to contextualize it. And I thought Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy on the Monday Night Football broadcast the other night did a wonderful job contextualizing everything. They were pointing out when Carson Wentz was missing things badly. They were also pointing out where the roster isn't helping him and the play calling isn't helping him. I don't think that's that's not absolving him of blame. It's just contextualizing it. And the Jalen Hurts situation uh, illustrates it better than anything. Jalen Hurts, oh, he got more first-team reps this week. They're going to they're gonna play him. They're going to bench Carson Wentz. Here is Jalen Hurts' two snaps. Carson Wentz plays on first and 10. I think it was a handoff to Miles Sanders or Boston Scott for one yard. They put Jalen Hurts in on second and nine. Immediately false start. Jalen Hurts completes a pass for six yards. And then you pull him out and ask Carson Wentz to clean up the third and long. How does that make any sense whatsoever? How does that put either of those two guys, Wentz or Hurts, in a position to succeed? It doesn't. If you're going to play Jalen Hurts, give him a series. If you're not, if you're going to put him in on second and nine, don't put him in at all. It's it does not make sense to me. And like, and if this is the usage Doug Peterson has has sussed out for Jalen Hurts, then it's clear to me he wasn't on board with this draft pick. So. Uh, yeah. it, Let's bring it back to fantasy. Oh, it's so bad. Your, your Eagles fandom is going great. What do people need to know about fantasy? Oh. We know the Eagles are a mess. Sorry, Ross. Sorry, Ross. Um, they need to give the ball to Miles Sanders more. I don't know if Doug Peterson will do that, but they need to do it. I know he's dropping passes, but um, they need to run the football more. Zach Ertz is coming back. I don't know what if that Dallas Goddard's been basically the only pass catcher doing anything worth a damn here. Does Zach Ertz hurt him? Probably, given how the Eagles have gone. I, I like aside from Miles Sanders, um, I would play Goddard. I would play Goddard this week. Um, but aside from those two guys, uh, I kind of want to just avoid the whole thing. What about the Packers going against an Eagles defense? Been pretty good the last couple weeks. Yeah, it was it was good this past week. Um, and I think that's another thing that frustrates Eagle fans. Like you know, they have these great performances when the offense isn't any good, and when the offense steps up, the defense doesn't. Um, I mean, Darius Slay got cooked by DK Metcalf, so you would anticipate he's going to get cooked by Devontae Adams in this game. Um, uh, they, they did a really nice job on the ground, the Eagles did, against Carson. Aside from the 16-yard touchdown run against Carson and Hyde, they did a nice job, but you're playing Aaron Jones. Um, Jim Schwartz has always struggled against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I would anticipate that continues this week. Just play your Packers, play them, play them all. I think the Eagles are, are, are dead in the water, and I think it's just going to get worse from here on out. Uh, the next game up on the slate, Joe, is going to be the Broncos and the Chiefs, and the Broncos will have NFL quarterbacks at quarterback. No, well, it depends on your evaluation of Drew Locke. <laughs> but I would say, like, um, I saw people be, being like last week, uh, don't blame Kendall Hinton. Nobody's blaming Kendall Hinton. He was put in an impossible situation last week. And, I, I, I mean, it just goes to show you how hard it is playing NFL quarterback. But um, uh, when, when it comes to Denver, keep an eye on the status of Philip Lindsay in the backfield. I don't like – I mean, this backfield's not very good right now for fantasy anyway. But you would think Melvin Gordon could have a little bit more work in this game. Noah Fant um, – He's a low-end tight end one. Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick are wide receiver threes. You would think Drew Locke's going to have to throw the ball here. But, I mean, this is just a bad matchup. And, again, I mentioned it on the last podcast. You you kind of want to avoid bad teams at this point. You're, you're rolling the dice every time you play a Denver Bronco. It's just it hasn't been very pretty for Denver. 
Is there really anything to talk about as it relates to the Chiefs? Well, just the backfield. They don't run the football. And we thought Le'Veon Bell was going to come in here and, then, oh, you know, he can take some work. But but Edwards, Alaire, and then they don't run the ball. And they play Daryl Williams, too. So they have a three-man rotation in the backfield. So nobody's really producing. All uh, I mean, I think Bell is a bench guy. I think Edwards, Alaire is a flex. Um, but the passing game, I mean, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins got back. So maybe he's your guy. Um, Michael Hardman was wide open for a 90 yard touchdown last week. Uh, it was not a good throw by Mahomes. Hardman probably still could and should have caught it. Um, so it, you're taking your gamble with those secondary chief wide receivers, but you understand each and every week, one of those guys can blow up. All right. Uh, Monday afternoon football, <laughs> Washington football team at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Washington with 11 days rest. Steelers will have like four at that point. Yeah, and and here's the deal. Uh, again, let's talk about the backfield with Washington. You know you're playing Terry McLaurin. I, Pittsburgh's a tough matchup, but you know you're playing Terry McLaurin. But let's talk about that Washington backfield. Antonio Gibson went absolutely nuclear on Thanksgiving. You have to play Antonio Gibson. You have to. But when you're look, talking about Washington at Pittsburgh, this is going to be a long list. It's going to be more than a touchdown, barring something Bizarre happening this afternoon to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be more than a touchdown. You would anticipate that J.D. McKissick is going to be the guy that plays a few more snaps because they trust him more in pass pro. So J.D. McKissick in that backfield is a flex-worthy option with Washington heavy underdogs. Antonio Gibson is a star. You can't sit him. But just keep in mind, J.D. McKissick might play more snaps than you would like to see this week if you have Antonio Gibson in your lineup. Okay, uh, I don't know what we can say about Pittsburgh since they haven't even played the week before yet, other than keep an eye on for when uh, Connor can come off the COVID list. Right, and he tested positive, so he might not be able to play. Although uh, Ingram and Dobbins for Baltimore, I guess, are able to play. Uh, that game's kicking off in a couple hours here. I, I guess they're able to play. I don't know. Uh, keep an eye on Connor's status. Uh, again, I don't want to throw out some significant takes here on Pittsburgh when they haven't even played their Week 12 game yet. Right, and now we do have a Monday night game with two teams we have seen. Buffalo Bills, who were kind of running the ball better and their defense played better against the 49ers. Do we have a player who is kind of a nice catalyst for Baltimore, uh, for Buffalo rather, who uh, might be uh, a little bit underrated? And I'm wondering if that's John Brown. Uh, they had to put him on IR. He's been banged up all year. But how about these numbers for Josh Allen when John Brown plays versus when he doesn't? When John Brown has played, in, he Josh Allen averages 27.3 fantasy points per game. If extrapolated to the full season, that would be second among all quarterbacks behind only Kyler Murray. In games that Brown has missed... Allen averages 17.7 fantasy points per game. Extrapolated to the full season would be 21st among quarterbacks. So he has been, uh, I mean, barely replacement level without John Brown. Small sample size because he's only missed three games. Barely replacement level without him, and he has been a fantasy superstar with him. And San Francisco, as you saw last week, got after Jared Goff. They pressured him. Josh Allen got dinged up last week. wonder if this might be a little bit of a tougher matchup than people think. And Josh Allen... Not a guy that I'm, like, recommending you sit. Not a guy I'm, like, really excited to bench. However, just keep that in mind that his numbers have been far worse without John Brown in the lineup than with him in the lineup. So you wonder if they might lean a little bit more on that run game, which was pretty good with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. 
Okay, what about the Niners going against the Bills defense that appears to be playing better? Yeah, and they might get Matt Milano back, the linebacker, this week. They uh, they designate him to return from IR, which means they activated his practice window. So he could play this week, might not play, but that run defense has not been very good. According to Football Outsiders DVOA, it's a bottom 11 run defense in the NFL. They've given up the 13th most fantasy points per game to running backs. So I would anticipate with Nick Mullins playing poorly last week that the 49ers are going to come out and they're going to run the ball they're going to run it with uh, Jer- uh, excuse me, with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, both of whom fumbled last week, by the way. But when Raheem Mostert plays, they give him the football. He is firmly on the RB2 radar. And Debo Samuel, I, I, you would think Tredavious White might match up to him, but he moves all around. It's hard for Trey White to match up to him. He produces when he is out there. I would have him in your lineup. Also keep an eye on the status of Brandon Ayuk, who is, uh, who is on the COVID list. Maybe they'll pull him off this week. So the 49ers, again, not one of those teams that's very exciting for fantasy, but Debo Samuel and Raheem Mostert give them a lot more juice in that department than we had seen in recent weeks. All right, Tuesday night football, <laughs> a game that I will be calling for Westwood 1. Looking forward to it. It's the Cowboys and the Ravens. There's really not much to say about the Ravens until you actually see how RG3 plays. It appears they'll have Dobbins and Ingram back for that one, even though they're not going to play in the game that starts two hours from now. And, yeah, I think Mark Andrews will be out. Lamar Jackson will be out, I believe. Uh, so maybe just talk Cowboys unless you're yeah. Ravens. I mean, we have no idea who's going to be in the lineup for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we, we just don't. And, and Ross, uh, trying to guess two weeks ahead of time. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's a futile exercise. Um, but for the Cowboys, again, it's a bad matchup. And after Andy Dalton came back in and he started, you know, giving that offense some life, the Cowboys were awful against the football team on Thanksgiving. Ezekiel Elliott had a terrible game. He had another fumble. Um, uh, Amari Cooper got it done. Now, that's a guy that I'm willing to play each and every week with Andy Dalton at quarterback. C.D. Lamb is like a wide receiver three. Uh, Michael Gallup, I mean, he's had a terrible season. Uh, He's like a low-end wide receiver three. Uh, After Zeke had his best game of the year, he comes out and he loses yet another fumble against the football team. Um, has I, I don't I can't remember the last time Ezekiel Elliott had a worse fantasy game than he had against Washington, but it's not a good matchup against Baltimore. Zeke Elliott's an RB two at this point. Uh, whether or not it's RG three Lamar Jackson, I don't know who's going to be there when you call that game, Ross. Um, it's not a good matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Amari Cooper is really the only guy I feel great about starting. You know what is a good matchup? Everybody listening and fantasypoints.com where you can go use the code FEAST. They have like 20 guys like Joe that are totally obsessed sickos that have so much content. It is ridiculous. Fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST. Also, remember, you can become a patron and get all of our even money bets and all kinds of other stuff. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Really appreciate those of you that spread the word via social media whether it's when Joe tweets about it at FG underscore Dolan, I do at Ross Tucker NFL, or just the show itself at Ross Tucker pod. Other than that, totally stuffed. That was amazing. We're done. Thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, even money business of sports and the college draft all available at Apple podcasts, Ross or wherever podcasts can be found.